0: Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are, guys. Welcome back to another episode on the Dills Journey podcast. I'm so stoked to have you guys back for another episode. And on today's episode, we have Luke McLeod. And he's an absolute legend. Um, he's a big believer in doing things that are outside your comfort zone or make you feel extremely uncomfortable. And doing these things Um, open up your mind to things that you never thought you were capable of. And I truly believe in that. And I think that's why we had such a powerful chat. We talked about how there's a couple of new revolutions coming out. Uh, Live every day like it's your last. And how he actually was in the army. Not a lot of people know about that, about him. And he's also been on a lot of reality TV. We don't really go into depth on that because I think it's something that is a bit uh i guess he didn't really want to talk about and also i felt like the conversation i wanted to direct it in another way not just about experiences like that i wanted to get some deeper information about why luke does what he does and it was pretty epic chat we got super deep and we covered some really interesting topics that i think you the listener can really get something out of it so Without further ado, um, here's episode 38 with Luke. Thanks for jumping on today, Luke,
1: and making some time to jump on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Mate, I am pumped to be here. And this <laughs> kind of came about very sort of last minute. Yeah. The power of social media, I love that. So That's uh, it. really appreciate you right, just reaching out there. And um, yeah, mate, I'm, I'm glad we can make this happen.
0: Yeah, in the parents' house, we love it. <laughs> <Right> <laughs> in the studio. Yeah, cleaning up the back for a party
1: tomorrow. With the looks of it. So uh, yeah, you have
0: got to do what you got to do. Exactly. You got to start somewhere. Hundred um, percent, mate. So the way that I like to start the podcast is yeah. by asking you something about yourself that no one really knows, or a weird little habit. You know, you don't necessarily
1: share that much. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Uh, what? Well, a lot of one thing which surprises a lot of people mm-hmm. that um uh, that about me is that i was in the army for four years yeah really so yeah which is like because what i do now obviously um teach meditation it's almost on another spectrum exactly it's almost on the like the the completely opposite end and so Mm. people are quite fascinated with with that part of my life that that was you know um uh, from when i was about 19 to 23 okay four and a half years there yeah so that's something which a lot of people don't know about me and find quite you know interesting yeah very um but i i'm a big believer on you know, doing things throughout your life that make you feel uncomfortable you know yeah. pushing yourself into different areas doing things that you never thought you'd be capable of doing or wanted to do because I, I, you would know that that's where i think you learn the most about yourself you you grow the most mm. Um, so I really do try to, you know, every couple of years push myself into something that is, I've never done before. That's going to really challenge me almost from a full, every angle part of my life. Yeah. So, you know, where someone might go, I'm going to do a marathon, which is, I think that's fantastic. Um, I like to have, take a bit more of a drastic approach to that how is, what's a big decision that's going to completely shift my life. Mm. So things like, you know, joining the army was a big one. (laughs) <laughs> uh, a, a career change where um, I went into the corporate sector and did a lot of um, uh, business education, you know, reality TV. So these different these parts of my life that I've really kind of thrown myself into. And, and it's all come back from doing something um, out of my comfort zone. So yeah, that's something which is, uh, a lot of people are shocked mm. uh, about um, me because I, I sort of, as I said, that's was the, the complete opposite of really what I do now yeah um as far as a habit oh what's something that I might be just love pen of butter (laughs) like putting it in by the mouthful I don't know if this is weird but I don't know but I I fold my underpants do you do that nah I definitely don't do that there you go so that's something like I I thought everyone did that but yeah maybe that's just a little bit of uh, my OCD but I don't know. Yeah, I fold my underwear. Maybe the army taught you that one. <laughs> you know what? That's a, They probably did. Because he. Um, one of the things that we used to do in training was mm. you You even have to fold your socks a particular way. Really? Exactly. Oh, so right. it's all about discipline. It's all about doing the small things uh, as well as possible. So the attention to detail, that's something that they drill into you in the army. Yeah. So when we're in our training, you go to this place down at Wagga called Kapuka, and they put you through a six-week sort of training program to kind of start off on, on your journey. mm and uh, I think it's every second day, the uh, platoon sergeant would come through and they did, would do an inspection of your room and pretty much everything that you own. So they would go through, they would open up your cupboards, they would look at how uh, evenly your, um, your clothes have like, being hung up within, your, uh, within the wardrobe. Yeah. So they would actually measure the distance between each shirt they would look at the, the socks and there was a particular way that you were taught to fold your socks, mm. um, or what they would call smiley face up. So if you actually fold your socks, you would notice that uh, the ins- like one end of it kind of looks like a face, like a smiley face, and they would even look to make sure that they were like the edges of the socks on how you fold them were turning up rather than Fire down. Out. So it's, it's funny that you say that because yeah. that's probably where I picked it up from, um, that really uh, minuscule attention to detail. Yeah, well, wow. Yeah,
0: pass it on. Well, that sort of leads into my next question. Yeah. It's like, let's say you know, you're 17, 18, like just finishing school, mm-hmm. uh, well actually in school, you know, year 12, what do you want to become? Like, did you want to go into the army or was it more so like, you know, um,
1: there was nothing else and it was just the backup option? Later, uh, what you said later on, that, that was the, the, the later version was what I did. Um, I I left school at the end of year 10. So I I found that I struggled with school. I was um, not really just cut out for it. Like just, uh, I I didn't do too well, but I just didn't enjoy it that much. Yeah. So, and at the time um, I had, well I still do, two brothers and a sister, but we're all getting put through a private school. Mm. So, and my my single mum, so there was a lot of stress. And pressure on her to kind of put us all through private school. Yeah. And I, I felt a bit of a weight of that, um, mm-hmm. even at that age. Like I wanted to yeah, just wow. go out and do my own thing and, and make my own way and make my own money. Uh, and I wasn't enjoying school, so I, so I dropped out at the end of year ten. And at that age, I think I was about sixteen and well, nearly seventeen. And I remember working. Uh, I think it was just that like. I think it was JB Hi-Fi, like <laughs> <laughs> retail for for about six months, and I yes. was just like, this is terrible. I couldn't stand it. And then I was like, well, what are, what options do I have? I don't have my HSC, right? Yeah. Um. So I can't go to uni. Uh, no one else was really going to hire me. So I'm like, I don't want to be doing working in retail for much longer. I hated that. No. So I was like, well, what's what's my options then? The army you need to be sixteen and nine months, or I think it's about that. And a friend of mine was joining and I was just like, it was purely just because it was something that you didn't really need any qualifications to get into it. Mm. And it paid fairly well. Like it was tax free money. So yeah. um, that was the two main determining reasons as to why I went into the army. Um, but I'm so thankful that I did do it, even though it wasn't like a, this big sort of life Decision that I wanted to be in the army for my yeah. whole life. It was it was really just what's something I can do now that I get paid fairly well um, and I can actually get into it because I didn't have any qualifications and that was the the option on the table. So um, yeah, there wasn't any grand sort of master plan when I was that age. It was it was really just kind of uh, yeah, what pays well and, and what can I do? Yeah, and that just led me into that. See an opportunity and grab it. Pretty much, yeah. And um, but I, I knew I knew that the army wasn't going to be my whole life forever. Mm. You know, you get you meet different people whilst you're in the army, and some people you can just tell that they're going to be there till they're <laughs> sixty, right? <laughs> yeah. They're just born that way; it's in their DNA. Right? Yeah, they live and breathe it. Um, for me, it was uh, more so just getting the experience and doing something at that time, which I Uh, I felt like uh, was my best option Um, but I knew that I wanted to get back out and get more of a normal life and more of a civilian lifestyle and uh, then I started to get a bit more I think in the early 20s you start thinking about what is your purpose what what can I start to really do which is something a little bit more meaningful which is a bit more me that I can give and you know career and that so that's when I um. I was 23, that's when I uh, left the army and, and uh, went to uni and I did a bridging course because obviously I didn't have my HSC. Mm. So that's enabled me to get into university, which I studied business, yep. I studied business at uni because I was always fascinated with entrepreneurship and, and, uh, and business itself. Uh, and then whilst I was in uni, I met a good friend of mine who is still a good friend today. And we used to play a lot of poker yeah. at uni because that's what you do. Yeah, <laughs> you like yeah. to kill the time. You're not, you don't really learn. To, you know, have a good time and, and play poker. We, we used to love doing that. Yeah. And um, we, we, I remember one night we had a uh, poker game with a bunch of guys, and one of the guys at the table was like, Can you come and uh, run a poker night for me and my employees? And we'll pay you for it. And mm. we'll, we'll call it a team building exercise. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's yeah. like, the course it? of like, yeah, if we get to pay poker and get paid for it, like along with it, if we make or win a game, then I'm down with that. So mm. we went and did it and, and they really loved it. They said it was the best team building exercise activity that they'd ever done. <laughs> really? Yeah. And we were <laughs> like, okay, well maybe there's, maybe there's something to this. Mm. So that's, uh, we actually then started a, um, our own little business whilst at uni doing uh, poker nights. For companies and calling it team building, um, wow. so we'd go in, and we'd host these poker nights for different businesses and just you know have a good time with them, uh, and and they would pay us for it. So well, I did that for a few years, and yeah. then that kind of grew. We actually grew that into different, you know, we, we started doing amazing races and all these other cool things with uh, team building, um, and then it got to a point where I, again, like as I started off at the beginning, it's that I, I wanted to do something different. I felt like I was mm-hmm. getting a bit stagnant than that. I moved them to Sydney because I was a new class at the time. Uh, and then I went into a company called The Entourage, which is still around today and that's a, an education company for startups and I helped to make their, build that business from, we started with only about five of us to about 50 staff within three years. Yep. Um, and took that from a, a business where it was turning over about, you know, just under a million to nearly 12 million turnover within a year so that was such an exciting experience and again part of my life and then that almost completely imploded and uh, it was a series of breakdowns of things a, a tender relationship that I was in broke down um, the business itself almost completely imploded uh, my my one of my uh, my, well, my father and my brother-in-law got diagnosed with cancer within the same month uh, a very close uh, friend of mine, or committed suicide, and it was just all these things that happened within a very short period of time. It was like probably three months, yeah, well, and, yeah. And that really questions. I just questioned everything then. Like, mm. um, that's when I went to India and uh, threw myself into the meditation and the practice of that, and then um, yeah, and then I came back from that and, like and just said to myself I need to I need to share this with other people mm. I need to now share and try to introduce what I've learned which has helped me through so much to other people and hopefully it helps them yeah. so and that's yeah pretty much taken me up to now throwing there a, a splash from reality TV as well that's fun <laughs> but um yeah yeah it, that's the that's pretty much the storybook, mate. That's, that's what's happened yeah, in my be, for the yeah,
0: life. Yeah, nice little timeline there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I kind of dragged it on a bit there for you, mate. But no, it's good, it's good. <laughs> yeah, it gives um, a bit of context and Yeah,
0: yeah. definitely. So you are talking about that like three-month period that was super tough for you. Mm. Um, I guess you could have taken it like, two ways. You could play the victim mindset, like, why me, why me? Or, like, you know, this is happening to me for a reason. Like, what was going through your head?
1: was a bit of both like yeah mate there was so much everything was going through my head at that point yeah. like it was because generally when something happens in your life you usually go to another area of of your life for support mm. right so if something's going wrong if it's a tough time with your family you might then go to your friends you know to kind of you know as support to kind of help you through that yep. or you might go to your partner you know your, your girlfriend or your wife or something like that um but at that time in my life each part of my life that the different support networks around me had completely broken down. So my career had broken down, um, my relationship had broken down. My family was going through a really tough time. One of my close mates just passed away. So like it was literally just, where do I turn and yeah. it was just completely, that's where I was literally just by myself and I was like, I, I, don't, I don't know what to do or where to turn. Um, I had been meditating for a while up until that point, I had, but I had used meditation almost as a tool to help me with work. Yeah, That's the original reason why I got into meditation. It wasn't really to do with anything around uh, a spiritual sort of journey. Mm. Um, It was the original reason was to help me with work, to be more productive, more focused. Um, But it wasn't only until all this stuff happened was when I really turned to it and then I just really saw the power of it that how much it can help you with all of these other things about anything that you're going through in your life mm. um, so mate there was so much going through my head at that point and I, I remember I remember clearly like I was just in my room it was broken down shell of a shell of a human and I, I, I didn't really believe in God and, and still to this point I'm a little bit, you know, I don't know about what's really going on out there. Yeah. Right. I just remember just throwing up a prayer and just saying, hey, just help me out. Like, I don't know what I'm doing here. I mm. don't know where to turn. And um, I opened up my laptop and the first thing that popped up, as it usually does, is Netflix, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and a a, yeah, there was a documentary that, the, the new release documentary that popped up on the home screen. And it was uh, uh, on Ram Dass. And uh, I was curious about meditation because, as I said, I'd been doing it for a while. Mm. So it was about uh, this guy who was a Harvard professor, but he got kicked out from Harvard from experimenting with psychedelics and things like that. Mm. Uh, And he went to India and really threw himself into all the different traditions and practices of meditation. And then it was about his life. He then became and wrote a series of different books as an incredible human highly recommend you look into his work and yeah. uh, his teachings and books and so forth. And there was a part of the movie where he went to, a, um, uh, a place called McLeod Gange. And I was just like, that's, there's too many things to kind of joining the dots here because my surname's McLeod. I was like, what is that? Like place? And then like, that's where the Dalai Lama is now exile there. I was like, I've, I've got to go there. Yeah. Like, this is just too much. You know, I think something's telling me to go there. So. Yeah. So I had, I took what I had, booked a ticket, a one-way ticket to India and found myself at the, uh, Gant, which is this incredible, beautiful place at the foothills of the Himalayas in Northern India. Um, where I just, I stayed with a homestay there with just a, an Indian family. Mm. They were uh, Hindus. Um, and I would walk down to this sort of temple, which was a Buddhist temple, uh, and just sit there and just look and, that you could go to free meditations there every day and uh, you could talk to anyone and I just did that for oh, it would have been a month or so. Um and uh it was just such a life changing experience and I just yeah, it kind of put me on the on the on the path that I am now. Yeah. So that, yeah.
0: that's funny how like you um <clears throat> basically, you know, I like I don't really know if there's a God or anything like mm. that either. But um one thing I learned uh, listening to this podcast all about like the subconscious mind yeah. and um, you say things aloud that you want to like full intuition or yeah. maybe questions that you don't know answered so essentially you did that like you just put that out to the universe yeah. and it kept giving you signs
1: it is there's a great little uh, um, uh, what's a parable that I often hear get thrown out that is really really good and it's someone who um, there's like this big flood that happens and they make their way up into the roof and they're on the roof and they're praying, you know, because they're Christians, they really believe in God and they're praying. And they're like, yeah. God, you know, send something to, you know, help us out here. We really need some help. Save us. Mm. And anyway, this, um, this boat kind of pulls along easily and, you know, they yell out, do you need a hand? You know, do you want, do you want safety? And like, no, 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 no. We're, we're praying to God. God's going to save us. It's fine. You know, it's all over like, Oh, no worries. The water keeps getting higher and higher. And then another boat comes along and yells at them, hey, um, you know, do you need some help? And they're like, no, 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 God's, God's got us. right right, we're good. And they're like, okay, no worries. And then, anyway, they the, the water ends up rising up and they drown. Yeah. They go to heaven and, and uh, so God's there and they go, why didn't you help us? Why didn't you save us? And he's like, I did. I sent two boats for you to pick you up. <laughs> and he's, I was just like that. No, I just thought that was such a cool little story of like how God can... Um, send messages, but if you, if you're not too open to receiving them, Mm. or if you're not aware or just being, you know, um, or even just too stubborn to kind of look what else is going outside around you, then you can often miss it. So it's, um, yeah, but he works in also mysterious ways. So being open and curious is such a, a great way to, um, you know, experiencing life's joys and opportunities.
0: Oh, 100%. Mm. And it's funny how he'll send you subtle signs. He's not going to tell you, like, this is yeah. what you've got to do. You know? yeah. There's going to be subtle signs, so if you pick it up, you pick it up. Otherwise, it's not f- meant for you. And it's funny how, like, mm. it comes to, like, a breaking point for you to, like, figure out that you need to do that. Like, let's say, you know, your average Joe, he's not going to go to India. Mm. So it's almost like you got to hit that, like, low point in your life Yeah. to really go up. So do you reckon, like, having that sort of low point or that defining moment to sort of shift you in the right direction. It's like, it's almost like a greater power power point. You're like, you need to change your line. (laughs) Yeah. You're getting super spiritual.
1: (laughs) No, you you, but you're so right. And it's something that I think about a fair bit now as well is, Mm. uh, why does it take something so traumatic or big for, for you to have to kind of shift the direction that you're on? Mm. Um, that's a question that I think about a lot because in particular with meditation and, and I, you know spreading the message of what I do now, getting people to kind of stick with meditation is an is a interesting, uh, I suppose, challenge that I face. And it's because there's not enough motivation or there's not enough even pain that they've gone through to be able to uh, stick to it. Mm. And it's almost like it's necessary that someone has to go through something that's traumatic enough to be able to really kind of make them change their behaviors within their life and the habits that they have. Uh, And you hear it all the time. It's like, uh, it wasn't until I um, almost, you know, cancer almost got, you know, took me. You You talk to those people. And they go like, I can't believe I ate that type of food for that long. I can't believe I smoked for that long, or whatever the case might be. Um, Why didn't I make the changes before it got to this point where I had to almost lose my life to make that shift now to do it? And it's just a fascinating concept. And that's something I think about a lot is, how can I kind of save people without having to go through that traumatic pain, Yeah. but also help them realize that in some way so they can shift their behaviors and their habits enough to be able to get them on the right track it's such a fascinating conversation and it's interesting that you brought that up so yeah um you know there is a process that you can go through and even it's a a type of meditation where you uh go through imaginary traumatic experiences where you actually oh really you, you vision it you um you imagine and you vision yourself within, like, the most dark dramatic. Place, yeah, yeah, dark place. Yeah, and there's a what's the the, the early Romans it used to um, call it Stoicism. So there's a philosophy around the Stoic philosophy, which yeah. is again, really an interesting uh, uh, type of philosophy. I'm and it's a big about, believer of that. There you go. So yeah, the, I read that
0: book that's like got 365 days of like wisdom and it's like each day there's a message yep. and it's all back from the stoic ages yep. and they all like have subtle
1: ways of like it's, doing it's, it it's, it's super fascinating it's fascinating but it's also really powerful and one yep. of the things that they uh, teach and practice is like practice poverty. so actually you know remove yourself from the daily luxuries that you can afford like going out and having a coffee saying okay well today i am only going to live on one dollar but that is my, that, I can't spend any more than a dollar. So you just force yourself to almost live as if you were in poverty. And by forcing yourself to do that, that then brings you into perspective of what it actually is like to live if you were in that position. So it's an incredibly powerful uh, thing to do, and put yeah. yourself through because yeah. um, it, it, it brings mm-hmm. yourself down It grounds you it humbles you so so much uh and coming back to the meditation is it's a process where you can vision and take yourself through of things that mean the most to you imagine that they were taken away from you right and you actually vision this and you go into a meditation on it where uh where it might be uh your family was removed from you um your friends, all the things that mean the most to you, are actually you vision it, you experience it, you look at it, you taste it, you feel it, you sense it, and all of that. Um, and you go to that dark place. Mm. You go to that dark place because then, if you can then put yourself in that place, and you can still find peace and a sense of contentment within that, within that space and that place of complete everything's taken away from you, then that's the you, you pretty much won the game yeah
0: because right. then like every single situation like interaction whatever it may be you're so much more grateful and you're more present 100%. like I had that little, little like little tingle when you were saying that like mm-hmm. you know if one of your mates pass away or one yep. of your close you know relatives if you have that mindset every single day then you're going to be super
1: more like grateful for the situations and every little conversation that's so true man it's so true we take so many things for granted, like yeah. so much for granted, and um, you know, like that. You look at even the people that I, I still look up to, but you know, like like Steve Jobs in an, in a business and entrepreneurial sense. Like I remember one of the things my favorite quote from him was like, "Live every day as if it's your last." I mean, that's such a like it's it's a little bit cheesy, gets you know thrown around a bit, but it's so powerful mm-hmm. if you actually embody that. Mm-hmm. If you actually take that and go, okay. If today actually was my last day here, what would I actually do? Yeah. How would I actually go about it? Like if like midnight tonight, I'm out, I'm done. No more me tomorrow, right? What would I be doing right now? Mm. And and it's extreme. Like most people go, oh, I'd be spending time with my family. I'd be getting all the people that mean the most to me and be telling them how much I love them and just being so present and, You know, it's just funny what people say. They certainly wouldn't be doing what they're probably doing at that time.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's funny. Like, I find that, like, (laughs) such a generic answer, but, like, for them to just say spending time with their family, Mm. but reality is when they're with their family, they don't enjoy spending time with them. I know. So, it's like they're contradicting and they're almost, like, putting up a filter Mm. and not going real deep. Like, for me, perfect day would be, you know, getting up early before sunrise, going for a run. Yeah. I actually do meditate, so that's yeah. why I'm a big believer in it. Yeah. um, Meditate myself to come back in that grounded, like, little sense. Mm-hmm. Journal. Yeah. You know, do a podcast. I freaking love podcasting. Yeah. Um, and then go for a surf and, you
1: know, have dinner with some, like, family and friends. And that would be a perfect day for me. Yeah. And it's so, you know what, the thing I love about that is that it's so simplistic. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, we. We, we try to really overcomplicate life because we think that complication equals a, a, a greater sense of intelligence or success. You know, the more yeah. things that you have, the more uh, places that you go and things like that, that it accumulates. And it's, it's not like, if you really break it all down as to why people are doing what they're doing, like why are they trying to earn so much money and get all these things? If you keep asking, why are you doing that? 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 And it gets to this point where they just go, I just want to be happy and just do the things that I like doing with the people I love. Mm. It all comes back to that. Yeah. It always comes back to that. So I love just that sort of simplistic um, narrative of, of your day because it's, it, it, that they are the things that really do matter. Yeah.
0: And mm. it's just like, also, everyone wants a sense of belonging. You Know, mm-hmm. like, at the end of the day, I think that's why a lot of um, I guess, youth or the youth around my age were a bit lost in life. Like, we don't really know where we're going because I think we don't have much culture in Australia. Like, let's be real, like, yeah, there's apart from like the drinking culture and everything like that. Yeah, like what's a man supposed to look up to mm. in that sense? Yeah, so like I find like a lot of my mates, I reckon, probably fifty percent of them have like had you know dark thoughts. Yeah, and it makes you think like why is that statistic so like high? Yeah, why isn't it going down? Like,
1: yeah, mate, and, like it, and it's a it's a really important topic that we need to talk about more because mm. it's it's what's happening, and you know what is it's I found fascinating is. You would think that the more evolved we get as a human race, you would think that we would get better at how we actually feel. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. Right? So we've made all these amazing sort of advanced sort of uh, technologies in the way we live, in the houses and and smartphones and all this. We're incredibly smart things, right? The human Mm. being. But, in that, and I remember reading a book called Sapiens, and like he did this, he goes back through all the history, he talks about the different sort of major um, uh, revolutions within the, uh, the human um, species, and where we kind of really made a, a leap into the next sort of like, there was the, uh, the consciousness revolution, and then there was the agricultural revolution, and then you have the industrial revolution, and the tech revolution. So there's these big sort of steps within the human race, right? Mm. But he was saying that there has there's been no measurable difference within the happiness, as in the far as the level of happiness within the average human mm. from when we were from the dawn of the human being, so right back when we were cavemen, mm. to where we are now. And I just find that fascinating. We've, we've apparently, you know, uh, so smart and so advanced... And we've done all these wonderful things, built cities, and as I said, all this technology and stuff, but we we still haven't figured out what's going on up here. In fact, it's almost had a reverse trend. More people are depressed now. More kids are now, you know, committing suicide and going through these dark emotions and struggling with this stuff. It's not improving. If anything, mm. it's actually getting worse. Yeah. So... Mate, it's, it's it's a really important thing that we need to talk about, and I honestly believe my biggest hope and dream is that the next revolution is a consciousness revolution. It, it's yeah. one where we do make the internal, the, the soul, the mind, what's going on inside of the individual, a, a, a worldwide priority. And with, yeah. there's movements, there's things that are starting to happen, which uh, are heading in that direction but you know what it's probably it comes back to this point that we're talking about with when an individual has to go through something traumatic to make a real big shift i honestly think that the world needs to go through something major yeah really major we're talking like you know almost like armageddon tile like stuff to make people realize to to Make this and in here a priority. Yeah. To make it number one priority. Otherwise, it, it it people won't do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, and I've got my thoughts on different things on on uh, what I think, particularly teenagers and, and uh, uh, people around you know your age that can do to help. I think meditation might be you know push and mission is to make meditation more like normalize it a bit yeah make it something which doesn't have to be this woo woo experience that or seen this soft or something like that yeah like all the hippies yeah. and barn uh, <laughs> yeah i mean look i love them don't get me wrong they're, they're great. i i'm about to join them <laughs> yeah 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 look i'm all for, for all that as well but it's like it's the it's the people who um it's the people who uh, are pointing the fingers and are saying oh I want to talk to them. I want to just say, "Hey, you know what? Well, actually, it's not too much different to probably some of the things that you know you do in your own life in your own culture and that." Um, and and that, this is a this is a thing that uh, another thing that I'm passionate about is spending time with people who who are not like you. Mm. And if you look at like the the real sort of um, instrumental leaders within. Our society, throughout history, you look at if if you debil- do believe in Jesus and so forth, right? You look at the life of Jesus. He didn't hang around with other people who were like him. No, in fact, they were the people that persecuted him. If you were to believe that story, the Pharisees and that were the ones that ended up actually killing him. Yeah, he would go and hang out with the beggars, you know, the 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 um, the prostitutes, the lepers, the the tax collectors. You know, all the people who. Almost complete opposite to him, mm. because he knew that these are the people that needed the most help. Why do you, why hang out with people who are like you? Don't get me wrong. I don't, I'm all for having um, your your you know your circle, you know who are like you, and you, you get energy. But if you want to make a difference, you want to make an impact. You know you you've got to put yourself out there, go mm. and talk and spend time with people who. You know, completely opposite to you. And because by doing that with uh, an open mind, then that's where that's where change happens. That's where they get to see you. You're being the brave one coming to them and exposing yourself and just saying, hey, I'm, I'm open. I want to learn from you. Uh, I want to have a conversation with you. Uh, I just want to get to know you. And they're like, really? And they're like, yeah. And then they realize that you're not so bad, they're not so bad. And then you might go, "Hey, this is what I do. It's helped me out with this, this, and this, you know, through meditation and that." And they might, they might go, "Okay, cool. That might be worth giving a go." And I love that. I love that process of, you know, breaking down the stereotypes. Mm. Um, it's like such a beautiful, divine, like mm.
0: how everyone's sort of labeled. Like you know, there's the low socioeconomic areas. There's the um, you know, there's the wealthy people, there's the Mm. middle class, everyone's got a name to them Mm. and everyone thinks that they can't hang out with a certain group because then they're going to negatively influence them, which is super funny because you've, Mm. like, just sort of changed my, like, thought process on it because I'm a big believer in, like, the five people you hang around are the ones that, you know, you basically... The average of you. Yeah, exactly. But if you, like I said, if you want to create, like, real change, you almost have to go into, you know... Areas that you've never been to, and if you can have a conversation with someone that is on a completely different spectrum mm. but then meet at the same level at the end of the conversation,
1: I reckon that's true power. 100%, man. 100%. Look, I, I'm, all, I'm all for, uh, you know, having, ha- finding your tribe. You know, yeah, you probably yeah. hear that a fair bit. Finding your tribe, like, and, and people that bring you up, you know, the energy wise yeah. and that. Like, you, you need mentors, you need people around you find that your five average of people who you do want to aspire to and that bring you up like i think that's important i also think what's equally important is also finding five people who are completely opposite to you yeah so that and learning from them and experiencing what they do and going in there because um you, you as i said you'll grow just as much as spending out these five people who you aspire to than people who you go oh my god i've, I've never thought of yeah, because then you become more an empathetic person. Empathetic, yeah. You open your mind up, you know. And yeah. that's where, that's where when, as soon as you open your mind up, that's where you become more conscious, that's where you become more patient, empathetic. That's where all the good stuff starts to happen. So um, I'm a big believer in that. And, and a more practical type of tip, which I also like to recommend, particularly with teenagers and people that are going you know, around your age, is... Um, social media. Right. Oh, yeah. So it's a big topic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're probably, you're probably going to go there, but, um, I'm a big fan of social media, right. And it's not yeah. going anywhere. And no. there's different ways that you can go about and how you want to approach it. Um, you can either just kind of do your bit and that's totally fine. Um, or you can try to leverage it to, you know, use it for a channel for good, which is what I know you're doing and yeah. what I try to do as well. Um, but the algorithms that are set up within social media is all about f- feeding you more of what you supposedly want to see, mm-hmm. and in some ways, this isn't a bad thing, right? I like surfing. You like surfing. Yeah. We double tap on a surfing, you know, picture or, or video, that then sends off to Facebook head office, um, send Dylan more uh, surfing photos. You're like, sweet, get more surfing photos in my, you know, feed. This is great, which is good, right? Don't get me wrong. But what it's also doing, it's doing this sort of flip, it's having this flip effect where it's tunnel visioning us, right? It's doing mm. this. Yeah. So all you're seeing, right, is just surfing. And once, if you only see and experience this that subculture, if anything outside of that subculture, you then instantly start to become more judgmental. You become more defensive of your subculture. And that in itself is detrimental right because that is where all these things around um, depression and such isolation because uh, even things like um, nationalism and with Trump and Brexit all these things have come about from people being in their so in their own bubble and not being able to look outside and say they're actually not that bad they're not that different so and social media is doing that to us. It's it's tunnel visioning us. So yeah. one thing that I that I recommend is proactively search for things on social media that are just random things, things that just like uh, are completely again different to what you usually do. Mm-hmm. Completely different. So if if we're into surfing, maybe search polo. Right? You just kind of like. I'm just going to have a look at some polo photos and that and just interact with that. And that way, I know it's weird, right, but it just keeps your mind open, right? And you just kind of, it's just a fascinating way to kind of keep the algorithm of social media guessing a little bit more so you're not just getting spoon-fed this stuff over and over again, which is um, keeping you in this bubble um, because... As I said, if in, in that bubble, that's where the anxiety comes, that's where the judgmental comes and all these emotions and you need to break out of that.
0: Yeah. It's almost yeah. like it comes back to that other point where it's almost like social media is creating everyone to stay in their lane. You hear that a lot, you know, stay in your lane. Um, yeah. But, you know, what if, what if someone's on that other side of the lane that really needs your help and, okay. you know... You're thinking, oh, I can't be around them. Like, I just got to cut them out of my life. Yeah. They're a negative influence. All these other things. Yeah. like That's what almost social media, like what you just said, that's mm. what social media is doing. It's yeah. almost like creating people to just live that tunnel vision life mm-hmm. and not get a broader sense. Like, yeah. not, for example, like you are saying, you know, we're, we're both into
1: the beach. Not. Yeah. Like, seeing perspectives of indigenous communities in Uluru. Like... 100%. Totally, man. Like, we, we don't know what's going on outside of our own little bubble. No. And like, I would have no clue what's going on in the town of Uluru. Exactly.
0: Only from the media's perspective, yep. which I don't watch the TV because I know yep. it's, like, just basically all negative news.
1: 100%. So, in, but if you were to go on social media right now and you were to uh, just put Uluru into your, uh, Let's your phone. Let's do it. Yeah, bring it out. Let's check it. You check it out there, and then you kind of look at the different places. Yeah. Right, And then you look at the different posts, the people who are posting there, the tagging it. Mm-hmm. Even kind of, I didn't bring up a map, but you could look at the different areas around Uluru. Right, because yep. Uluru is a, a fairly touristy place, so you're gonna get that, a lot of the touristy shots there. Yeah. Um, the ones around sort of Uluru, then you can look at that. Here we go, we got the... them
0: we got the Uluru there.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, that's a hashtag you go into places. You could even go where's the places? There we go, places. So, I I'd, I'd look at heaps of these, so like um, towns outside of the main Yeah. Road. Yeah, because as I said like this is going to be a fairly touristy spot. Yeah. So you you might go where else we got here. Um explore a little. what what's in there? Uluru right? So this is in Mm -hmm. Ulara, right? You might have a look at a few of these different photos down here. Open up and just have a a scroll through. And every time you click on a photo, right? What that's doing is it's kind of telling Facebook to kind of go, oh, uh, Dylan's now interested in this. We might send him a little bit more about Mm -hmm. that. And Mm -hmm. what what you might also find is like uh, people's different stories or life that's happening out there. And then just have a bit of a, you know, you can have an old Insta stalk and you you will, you will start to notice that, um, it's not like this sort of preconceived idea that we might have had of what's going on out there. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's just a great way to open yourself up a little bit more. You know what I mean? Definitely. And I think that needs to happen and, um, because it can get into a little bit of a, uh, that sort of tunnel vision within the, in the social media space. So yeah, it's 100%. worth it's worth doing. Yeah,
0: hundred well, percent. I'm gonna do that now. Just trip them up. Don't <laughs> what you are gonna get with it? Yeah. Um, man, yeah. that that chip, that went super deep. I did not even expect that. Mm. But um, <laughs> <laughs> next segment it's all things like sort of you know business and yeah. Um, I was listening to one of the podcasts you did. Uh, I forgot. The group that was called it was some beer podcast. was it called?
1: You know that. Have a oh, beer. beers and blokes. Was beers and, that, and blokes? that was with boss hunting guys. Yeah, boss hunting
0: guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. So, um, you're talking about oh, Friday beers. That was a bit.
1: Friday beers with the boys. Fr- it might beers.
0: have been something like that. Friday yeah. beers with the boys. Yeah. Yeah, it was Friday beers. Friday beers with the boys. I think. Might have been yeah,
1: but yeah, I do I do remember. I'm pretty sure I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, That's yeah. Boss hunting. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, um, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. you're talking about meditation obviously because that's mm. like your main profession yeah. and um, 70% being in the corporate and then was it 30% with the mm. Instagram group you got going on? Pretty much, yeah. Yes, yeah.
1: yeah. so that's how I break up most of my time. So uh, after I left the entourage, I had a pretty good network in, in the corporate sector. Yeah, so because we used to, that's what we used to do. We used to uh, train businesses on how to grow their business, right? Mm -hmm. So that was a, it seemed like the most logical starting point for me to kind of, uh, with the service that I was offering, which was meditation, I was like, well, how do I, how do I just, where do I start? Yeah. Like, like, I I don't know where to start with this. And so I just, I think, put something up on my Facebook and um, LinkedIn. And I was like, hey, I'll come into uh, 10 businesses that have more than 10 staff uh, and do a 10 minute meditation. I think it was like a 10, 10, 10. And um, for free, right? no charge, I'll just come and do one for you. And that literally was how I got my first handful of corporate clients within that wellness space. And it was a couple of, you know, it was lucky to get a couple of big ones. So Amex was like one of them, wow. IG was like one of them, and, and it was literally for me to say, hey, I'll just come and do a a free meditation for you, mm. and then it's just kind of grown from there. So th- that's where I started in the corporate sector, and, and um, I mean, they they probably need a lot of help within that space as well, being able to just de stress and relax a bit. Uh, city, yeah, man. Everyone's so stressed out in the, in the city. So yeah, I, I spent most of my time there, but probably about, probably would have been about maybe four or five months ago now that I launched the, the online subscription service, which is where, uh, yeah, people sign up and they, they join a group where I deliver live guided meditations, uh, classes throughout the week. Uh, and that's now starting to grow, and I'm really excited for that because that has the potential to, you know, grow and to reach a lot of people. It's highly accessible. It's cheap, uh, and it's all delivered via Instagram, which is a you know, private Instagram account. So people spend a lot of their time already there, you know, and they're very familiar with how it works. So it just made sense for me to go there and set something up on that space. So it ticks a lot of those boxes. Um, but so hopefully, I'm, I, the, the plan is to transition that so that probably takes more, about 70% of my time and I can pull back on the corporates. Yeah. So i uh, um, starting to head in that direction.
0: Yeah, and I and I find it very genius because I heard like you were thinking, oh yeah, I could create an app, mm. but you know, everyone else is on an app. Exactly. But you, by creating like an Instagram account where people can literally just go onto your account, watch the live,
1: and listen to it. Yeah. it's, it's genius. Like, yeah. Well, well, as I said, mate. Like, I mean, it's, it's probably about like a these days. And there's a couple of big players within the app space anyway when it comes to meditation. So, yeah. If I was to go into that space, then I'd be having to kind of compete with these guys who already have huge, big funding behind them, mm. massive audiences. So um, I was just like, well, what? What can I do now where I can get something out to market fairly quickly, low yeah. cost. And that people can use fairly easily as well. So I just kind of thought about it and was just like, oh, maybe I could make this work. So I you know, mm. put two and two together and um, made it happen. Yeah. yeah.
0: And in the whole goal with it is to eventually go like 100% in that
1: app and then leave corporate? Was... I, I still enjoy doing the corporate stuff. Yeah, and, I, I mean, I, I enjoy that. And, and the other thing is that they, they need it. <laughs> Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so it's almost like you're going out there meeting people that probably
0: don't really, you know, align with, but yeah. you still like, oh, like you were saying before, you know?
1: 100%. It, uh, there's nothing more I love than walking into like a boardroom in uh, a sky, a sky riser in Sydney's CBD and it's this gray, dark boardroom and all these sort of 50 year old lawyers walk in wearing their gray suits mm. and they sit around a boardroom and they look at me and they go, what, what are we doing? <laughs> You know, and I take and them through a meditation. <laughs> yeah, and I take them through a meditation, and, and um, looking at their faces afterwards, you know, and just seeing what they thought of it. I love that, you know, and, and yeah. seeing what they got from it. So, I still enjoy doing that, and, and I think I'll always that'll always be a part of um, what I do. But I do mm. want to grow the subscription service because that is just it just makes sense. It's more scalable. Um, I can take it overseas if I want uh, and it enables me the big thing it enables me to reach more people which yeah. at the end of the day is what I really want to do yeah it, it's the trying to touch as many people and and introduce a meditation to as many people as possible in an easy effective manner
0: yeah and is the big mission to basically inspire like X amount of people to you know start meditating or what's the big mission
1: it's now? funny you say that like I'm thinking about now you know the whole we've come up to New Year's yeah. i thinking about what are some sort 2020? of chunky goals yeah. 2020 yeah um so one of the things that I kind of was thinking about and I actually haven't said this to anyone so oh, now that I'm saying I might have actually putting it out to the yeah universe. yeah yeah <laughs> Put, hold me accountable on it yeah is I I would like and again this is something that um it's just a figure, but something like 2 million meditations in 2020. Wow. You know, is something that is just popped into my head like recently. Yeah. So, um, throughout there all the different channels that I do. So obviously I've got, uh, the subscription service, which will be a, a big bulk of that. Um, but you can also access my meditations on YouTube, Spotify, uh, iTunes, uh, insight timer, the corporate stuff I do events, so I think if we can add all that up together, two million, we might be able to get there. I it reckon. makes me nervous saying it, but yeah. I, but I'd also like it's it's a you know it's a good I think scary goal. And it's achievable, do it. you know. Yeah, it can happen. It can definitely happen. Yeah, just so. momentum and then boom. Yeah,
0: that's it. So we'll see, you, mate. <laughs> yeah,
1: maybe we'll do um, episode two of this podcast uh, this time. Next year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what
0: we'll see, we'll see how you're going in 2020. Yeah. Um, mate, to so the last segment, it's all things that
1: like you do on a
0: daily to mm-hmm. basically ensure that you perform to your optimal level or make you feel you know great. Um, yeah. So do you have a morning routine? If so,
1: like, what is it? I, I do. Yeah, I like to have a fairly consistent, morning routine and then mm. some weekends i'm not gonna lie i have a little bit of a sleep in now <laughs> yeah. but yeah I, I'm, I'm a big morning person and i think there's a special energy to early mornings yeah definitely. And, you know i don't know quite know what it is but waking up early is is a, is a beautiful um, cleansing i think good habit to get into mm. so i usually get up around five thirty-six. that's my sort of like anywhere between that i've now been able to pretty much get my body clock to wake up anytime between that. So I very rarely now set alarms. If yeah. I do set an alarm it's it's usually till about six thirty, but I my body clock now is either like between five thirty and six, it's like it's up. Yeah. So I'll I'll get up, um, I'll generally go for a bit of a walk, I'll do some light stretching, like yeah. maybe a couple of just simple sort of yoga moves, uh flow, and then I'll do some reading, maybe a little bit of writing, then I'll meditate. Mhm. Uh, and then I'll have my coffee. Yeah, like my only coffee. You love a coffee. Love Yeah, yeah. I, I'm a one coffee one day. Yeah. I might do two, like on on certain days, but yeah. Yeah. If if I have three or only like I'm I starting to get like jittery. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, yeah. I, I I I did. You know, I was a coffee guy, and then I started to get those shakes. I was like, no, I gotta, I gotta take it back. So yeah. But that's, that probably takes my, uh, from about 5.30, 6 o'clock to 7.30, 8. Mm-hmm. So it's about two hours there. Where well, that is a fairly consistent, they're like the things I do. Um, morning walk, which is generally down the beach, uh, stretching. A bit of a, 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 read a chapter of one, you know, a, a book that I, one of my favourite books, whatever that might be, that I've learned from. I always go back to books that I've, you know, I love. Um, bit of writing. Like journaling or whatever's going through my head, meditation, coffee.
0: Mate, no, sounds like my perfect
1: morning. <laughs> 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 it's not bad, yeah. yeah it's you're a fun. runner, yeah. So I don't yeah. mind running now and then. I, yeah. I prefer to do my exercise, like I uh, physical exercise in the mid afternoon. Yeah, okay. So generally around like that sort of uh, mid afternoon hump, like when you kind mm. of like you know that, that dip. Need a bit of reboot that's when I'm going to throw myself into like the gym or a or, or run or, or swim or surf or something.
0: Like. Yeah. Epic. Yeah. Um, so do you practice gratitude? If so, like how's it sort of helped you? Yeah,
1: yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think gratitude is, is the key man. That is, that is the core practice, uh, and, um, emotion that can unlock so much just joy within your life. Yeah. You know, um, after every meditation, I, I, whether I'm teaching it or just doing it myself, I suggest whether I'm teaching it to what's one thing that you're grateful for in your life right now that you have. The more simple, the more basic, the better. Mm-hmm. So something just... The more simple that you can find something that you're grateful for, um, it just gives you that element of perspective of how, how much you... <sighs> How grateful we are, like how lucky we are to be able to be here now, living a life, breathing, being able to do what we do. Mm. You know what I mean? That it's just a. I know it sounds simplistic, but mate, we've, we've, we've won the lotto, right? Like, yeah. Uh, the whole concept know, that we're actually here living is uh, a freak in itself. Yeah. Um, not only that, we're in Australia. I mean, we've got we're doing podcasts we can. Have you can butcher. Yeah, can butcher. <laughs> Water mate <laughs> it's it's amazing. Yeah. Like, it's absolutely incredible. Um so it, it as I said, it's the secret source. Gratitude is man. Yeah. And secret source to happiness, I it is yeah. contentment, you know what I mean? It's yeah. so it, it it is, mate, because um it's the antidote. It's the antidote to depression and, and to anxiety. Yeah, you reckon? Yeah. Hundred percent. Like as soon as you start to feel a bit depressed, a bit dark. This mm. is really this a big tip yeah. that for anyone who's going through <coughs> hard times and your podcast mate is mm-hmm. um, as soon as you start to feel anxious, as soon as you start to feel dark, if you can, if you can try to find one thing in that moment that you're grateful for that directs your mind to that space. Your mind can only think about one thing at a one time. Yeah. Right. So if you can then whenever you're feeling that pain, that darkness, that tightness in your chest, that what, you know, what those feelings that, you know, aren't, that everyone goes through, you know, mm. and some more than others. If you can try to find something that you're grateful for right now, and again, as I said, the more simple, the more basic, the better. The fact that you're breathing, the fact that you can look outside and that there's the, the sun's out, mm. or if it's a night and that you can see the stars, you know, and, and the moon. That mm. in itself, does that one simple, act of being grateful for that can shift it's the antidote it's the antidote to that dark moment. yeah and the more you can do that the more things you can look to be grateful for particularly when you feel down of what you have at that moment Um, I honestly believe that that's where things can start to shift and it can pull you out of that funk and really bring you back into a good space
0: 100% that's what helped me essentially get out of my big like dark day and Mm. I think it
1: definitely it's underrated not talked enough about mate i couldn't agree more i couldn't agree more and i, I know it almost sounds almost too simplistic mm. right but it, it it's so true and it's so effective and if people out there are even doubting it right now just saying nah, that, like, that just sounds too basic Give it a go. Yeah, write down three things that you're grateful for right now. 100%. Find out. Yeah. Or even when when you are feeling shit, right? If you are feeling when you're dark, depressed, you feel like everything's just going against you, take your time out, pull yourself away, and just go. Right. uh, What's one thing that right here, right now, I can look around that I'm grateful for? Mm. What's one thing I can just you know, uh, you know, I've still got, still got my folks, my dad, my best mate, whatever it is. Yeah think about that take a couple of deep breaths things then start to shift yeah pull out. Yeah. yeah super powerful mm-hmm. um so put you
0: in this situation mm-hmm. you all the years you live if there's been one moment that you wish you took more grateful for yeah what would it be and why like a certain day you know
1: yeah oh, I think it would be spending more time with my pop yeah okay yeah yeah even though he passed away when i think i probably would have been about 16 or so Mm -hmm. i didn't realize how much of an impact that he had on my life until now that i look back at it
0: yeah it's funny when you reflect
1: yeah hindsight right it's like wow um yeah he he was an incredible guy like it's just a the definition of a good man Mm -hmm. it's just solid morals, ethics, Yeah. Uh, strong man, though, though, it wasn't, you know, pushover, had goals, determined, ambition, you know, it was family, you know, career, he had all these things and he was just such a good man um, and I look back to him now um, and uh, still to this day for inspiration and, and motivation. So, yeah, right. uh, yeah, I think it would probably be, uh, I just would have liked to spend more time with him, mm. you know, uh, he actually lived up near here in Martin Bimby yeah um, I grew up in Newcastle so yeah, okay. we would come obviously up here for Christmas this time of year yeah we'd go and spend time with them and we'd always have the best time and I would remember it all so mm-hmm. I would think that it would be uh, yeah I would have liked to spend more time for him with him yeah at that time or maybe if he was living on yeah yeah Martin a beautiful place ah uh, mate it is yeah <laughs> back in those days that was 20 years ago, that was... There'd been not a lot of people there. It wasn't, I mean, mate. It was just a little, little country town. Yeah. Tiny little country town, mate. And, um, but it was magic. It was just like a yeah magical, mystical land. They had, they had this little creek that used to run through their property. Yeah. And had turtles in it. And, wow. Yeah, we'd go yeah, swimming down it. It was Jeez. just like... Know, it, was a, it was a special part of my childhood. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That was really cool. Um, lastly, yeah. if you have any advice to give to any like young know 18 24 year old kids out there who I don't know, are a bit lost with life yeah what would be some piece of
1: advice you'd give them to i guess get back on the man drive i th- i think there'd probably be two things i think the first one is it's totally okay to feel a bit lost yeah you know and in fact i think at that time in your life i think you have to feel a bit lost yeah right I remember myself. I put so much pressure on myself when I came out of the army and stuff like that to to really kind of figure out what I was meant to be doing, mm-hmm. right? You go, all right. What am I? What am I? What's my purpose? What's my life? You know, where is it going? All this stuff, and I think at that time in people's life, when you when you're in that early stage and you're kind of feeling a bit lost, it's embracing it. It's yeah. actually embracing that sense of like feeling lost and going, well, okay, let's get lost. <laughs> let's actually get lost Let, let's, let's enjoy this feeling enjoy it right yeah. go out try different things do things that you never thought you would do travel go and experience things try different careers you know jump around Like just just go and do whatever you want right mm. um, and, and you know find the little things that you enjoy doing yeah and then once you find those little things kind of piece them up together and then, and then do more of that and then that will then take you in the direction of what you're uh, where you want to go rather than trying to sit down and figure it out yeah. you know and, and, and beat yourself up saying oh I don't know where to go I feel lost it's just like let's embrace it Yeah. embrace that feeling of being lost getting out there and, and you know doing whatever you want and having fun and you know living yeah. it up so that would be the first one I think the, um, uh, the the second piece would be to have try out meditation. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, um, give it a go. And it's, it's not something which is a soft thing, right? And the, the people who I looked up to, I still look up to throughout history, like Muhammad Ali, like, you know, the guy's the greatest boxer of all time. Mm. He was a regular meditator. You know, Steve Jobs, Steve Jobs, all these successful people all meditated regularly. So if you're thinking it's something which is for hippies in that, like, you're wrong. Right. Mm. Well, I don't know well, they do it and all power to of them but um, powerful successful good men uh, and, and women uh, meditate so I would honestly you know say give it a go have fun with it try not to take it too serious um, enjoy it and just see where it takes you because it can unlock some pretty cool stuff and just help you be a bit more just happy with yourself and who you are and in your own space and, uh, not having to worry about what other people think of you and all of that stuff, which I think a lot of people at that age do. Yeah. It was like, Oh, I don't want to do this. I don't wonder what they think and that meditation. You can do, just wipe all that crap away, just wipes <laughs> it all away. And you just like, it just builds that innocent sense of confidence within yourself mm. where you just like, I'm okay. Yeah. I'll just do whatever I want to do, you know? Mm-hmm. So, they probably been the two things.
0: Yeah, I reckon that's a great piece of advice because I know, like, when I first meditated for the first time, I really, like, had a clear mind. Mm. Like, you know, you got all these thoughts running through, but when you literally just focus on your breathing, yeah, it almost, like, for me, I had this, like, vision where my brain was just clean. Yeah. And that's, like, a feeling that probably not a lot of young kids have felt their whole life because they've almost being told to go a certain path, school, yeah. parents, everything, and for them to just have a clear mind for once, they're probably like, ooh, you know, 100% this man. can happen. <laughs>
1: it's fun, right? It's, yeah. it's actually something pretty cool. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. Yeah. You know? It's not this sort of woo-woo we sort of experience that, that uh, tradition has made it out to be. No. Um, yeah, play around with it. Yeah, just kind of have fun and uh, see where it takes you. 100%.
0: Yeah. And if anyone's looking to find you on social media and all that, where would be the best place?
1: Yeah, man. So, uh, most of my time is probably on Instagram. So yeah. The, I've got the two accounts. There's my personal one, which is just my name, which is Luke. Uh, dot McLeod. Mm-hmm. M-C-L-E-O-D. Yeah. And uh, and then the Soul, um, Soul Alive account, which is Soul Alive, underscore, um, official. Yeah,
0: epic. <laughs> awesome. Because the soul a mistake. It's all like, what can yeah, do? This one, yeah, I to make it. Put the official on it. <laughs> official,
1: yeah. It's official now. Epic.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll chuck the links in the description below so you'll be easily allowed to, uh, easy find them, not easy allowed to find them, but yeah, mate, easy hey, find them. Yeah, well, uh, It's been an absolute pleasure having you on, Luke, and we got into epic. a real deep
1: chat and I was stoked with how it went. So. Mate, loved it, loved it. Mate, I'm, k- I'm keen to kind of, uh, you know, get this word out, so I appreciate you, um you know, take the time for... For this to happen.
0: Thanks for coming on, mate. Awesome. epic. <laughs> Legends, how good was that? Luke was um, dropping some truth bombs there and we were flowing epically, so couldn't be more stoked with how the podcast went. Um, and if you did enjoy today's podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts then it can affect more young people positively and you never know, it might be the spark for them to go out there and chase their dream, which is absolutely awesome to have a platform able to do that Um, and I feel very grateful for it. But I thought I'd um, let you on a little bit of a secret. So I've been using Luke's uh, meditation now for the past two weeks since I filmed this uh, episode and it's helped me out so much, so if you wanna check out his little meditations on Spotify, it's for free. It's around 19 minutes, and I feel like that's a sweet spot with meditating. I've done five minutes, I've done 10 minutes, it's never really worked, I've never felt a deep flow, I've always been a bit restless, but it's almost like that 19 minutes is amazing, and I really encourage you guys to try and incorporate it into your day. Watch how much of a happier person you are, and you're more, um, let's say, You're more calm in sticky situations. So, guys, thanks so much for jumping on and listening to the podcast today. I really hope you got something from it. And remember, do something today for your tomorrow self. You...